we haven't talked about nodes or the miners, the ones that actually produce blocks. We can get into that later. <laughs> every <laughs> right. every other thing out of your mouth is just making me more it's, confused, dude. It's, right. I'm Damn trying it. to keep it like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I have a lot of uh, directions we could go, but I don't want. So I'm kind of skirting around. Hey, Jerry, guess what? We're back. <laughs> we need to start back over again. We got to do some shout outs before we start too. about. Well, let's get it kicked off then. Player. Let's do this. Let's do this. Episode 13. One, P- three. P-O-F-U podcast. We're Let's back. Let's go. Let's do this. We had another big break. Let's talk about what's going on in the la- since the last recording of episodes 10, 11, and 12. Right. We picked up another massive sponsor. We did. We did. You're wearing a t-shirt. I'd like to I'd give a shout out to Kyle Pierce, Pierce Amundo. What's up, guy? What's up, guy? Uh, I want to give him a shout out in these beautiful shirts. The Mighty Forger. Kyle is the owner of of the Muddy Forger up in uh, Howard City, Michigan. They have great spirits, phenomenal food. We recommend all of our millions of fans out there go check out Howard City, Michigan, the Mighty Muddy Forager. Thank you, Kylo Pierchamundo. Fabulous. Shout out to Kyle. Kylo Beto. The Forager. Go check him out. The Muddy Forager. Thank you, Kyle, the Forager. Man, we have two sponsors now. We are big time. Big time. And go ahead, why don't you kick off the other one? Well, we got to give a shout out to our our first and our first original sponsor, Brendan O'Driscoll over at Treadstone Funding. OD. He's our man. If you need a mortgage, go see him. It's about time he owed us another bottle of whiskey. Right. And I've been very clear with OD. If he doesn't take care of our listeners, I'll punch him square in the throat. And he knows it. And he and he expects it. And right. you know what? We're good with that. That joke's getting a little old, just so you know. It's never old. Oh, it's getting old. Throat punches yeah. are never old. Well, let, let's let's introduce our our guest, which all the POFU fans out there are very well-versed in Mr. Matt Dayton, the Duke. He's back for episode 13 here. He was one of the guest hosts from EOT, Eclipse on Tap. Uh, Jerry, why don't you tell us, what's our, uh, you know, before we get into our subject and our agenda, I know you probably have a very dialed agenda. Tell us about what's going on since we last recorded. There's a thank lot you for going having on. me, by the way. I oh, hey, well, welcome, dude. First of all, <laughs> welcome. I want to thank you, you for coming cheers, on. Cheers yeah, this, let's, uh, let's oh, cheers. Yeah, that's first and we, foremost. We've got a couple cheers going on here. First of all, I've been experimenting make, making these cocktails called the Muddy Old Fashioned. And uh, it's a work in progress. How do you make this? What's the, what's in it? Well, you've got some bitters. You've got some uh, sugar cube. You've got a large ice cube. You've got some uh, bourbon. Uh, they, went, they actually wanted me to use rye. I didn't have rye today. I went with uh, the bullet because I had it. And next, the next one will be, be uh, Buffalo Trace, Tatanka. And I will go after it from there. But We're I think doubling gonna, up tonight? Uh, p- potentially. But we also give a shout out because tomorrow, as I recall, maybe I'm wrong, Duke, but anything you want to tell us about tomorrow? Tomorrow is my birthday. There oh, you go. Booyah. Well, <laughs> we got to cheers to that, That's too. Cheers. Sir, May, May 11th, correct? May 11th, 31 years old. That's I think our, I yeah. knew that was coming up, but I hadn't realized it was tomorrow. I did. It was like, okay, we should give him a shout out for tomorrow. But then at the at the at the mighty Graton episode two, Graton will be uh, maybe a little a little more of a festivities. Yeah. And actually, uh, I won't forget your birthday ever now. Cause my brother actually has May eleventh also. Okay. And he turns fifty tomorrow. So shout out to my Fantastic. brother. Fifty five zero. The big five zero. That's right. And you are going to be what? Thirty thirty one. Thirty one. Thirty one years buck. old. Into my thirties. Mm, man. Well, I heard you mention Gratton. Gratton, yes. Season opener last week. What'd you guys think? It was good. I think it's just good to be back. You know, it's one of these deals that uh, are you really, really ready for Gretton? The answer is no, but you know, it's like just go out and do it, baby. So we had a big crowd. Massive. We had over 40 guys 
in the A's last week. I think that's the biggest field I've ever been a part of. It was a bigger group, yeah, for yeah. sure. There was mm. um, a lot of guys in the field, and there was a lot of people watching, I thought, too, for, for Grattan. Yeah, that was you nice. Know, it was kind of nice. It was a good welcome back to to the road racing scene. I mean, there's – I mean, what, whatever's left of it, but um, Grattan's always a, a stable summer fixture. Yep. We got our EOT boys, Nathaniel and D. Will, both <laughs> put some points on the board. It's nice, bigger than big. Nice, nice job, Nathaniel and D. Will. Yep. Shout out. Shout out. I'm going to take full credit for Nathaniel because I, uh, I helped him get away in that break, and then I just died, and I was done. Right. Actually, I'm joking. I didn't really help him at all, but I just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend that I did. Absolutely. And I think we always got to give it, you know, our typical shout out to Iron Mike. Cheers, oh. cheers to Iron Mike. And, cheers, uh, Iron Mike. Iron Mike, fuck you. Cheers to uh, Eclipse on Tap Team Camp, too. That's we, right. we had Courtesy of Iron Mike. Team Camp yeah. up at Iron Mike's place in Ludington, and we got a chance to, Jerry and I, we had some one-on-one or two-on-one time with the Wendy Van Houten. The better half of Iron Mike. Shout out. And she gave us the uh, the full skinny on what retired life is like. And there, man, I got to tell you, it sounds great. It does. It sounds nice. You know, she described a couple things for me that I, that I won't forget either. So she gets her full eight hours of sleep, full compliment, and sleeps like a baby, she says. Full eight every night. Every night. It's and impressive. Then, impressive. Yeah. And then she does a couple of things, and she gets another nap in during the day. She's like, she's, you know, and why not? And, if, you know, the cool thing about it, if she doesn't get a certain action I'm done today, guess what? She can do it tomorrow. Absolutely, that's the joy of retirement. Ain't nobody to report she, to but yourself. So it was. Uh, it's good to see joy and happiness in their lives, based upon they they worked hard in their lives to get to the POFU, and uh, it's good to see what it uh, looks like. And as Iron Mike would say, you know what? Everyone should try it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I love I, it when he <laughs> says that. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite line from Wendy was she said, "Every day feels like Saturday." Think what about a joy! That. Oh my right. God! What a joy! Right? Yeah, it's good stuff. So let's uh, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. We brought in uh, what we would call uh, Matt. He, uh, wait, wait. He, I'm sorry. I got to interrupt. I'm real good at doing that. I do it all the time. Episodes 10, 11, and 12, we had the EOT boys on, and a big part of that discussion was our man Duke here was looking for a house. Yes. Share the news. Yes. That's big that, time. I could not have told. If, if I would have said that I, we would have found a house then when we were recording that day, I think it came through in my voice that the search was very difficult. And yeah. Uh, we were at a bit of a low. He's undulating process. But uh, shortly thereafter, maybe it was uh, the magic of this podcast. Who knows? Um, we, we got an offer accepted on a house. And so we close on May 20th, and we have immediate possession. So we'll be in there before the end of this month, which I'm thrilled. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank and you. Over the moon. Another shout-out to uh, Treadstone Funding for another success, oh, yeah. successful launch. So shout-out. Yep. Shout-out to uh, Lucas Howard Group, Carl Menzies, our EOT teammate. Killer uh, Carl. Realtor. Got us, you know, he, he said it from the beginning. He said it's uh, it's going to be some ups and downs for sure. But he said, I'm a firm believer in the one you ultimately find is going to be the one that's best suited for your needs. And he couldn't have hit the nail on the head better. Um, it was, it's exactly like A plus location for what we wanted. A house that I think is very manageable and has a, a nice level of charm. And yeah, it's just perfect. We're, we're absolutely thrilled. Shout out to Carl Ten Menzies, Ten and, and Menzies. Killer Carl, and then yeah, big shout out to Treadstone. They were they're great. They, they I mean, you know how typically in like an old school market, not old school, like a couple of years ago, where maybe the buyer had <laughs> literally <laughs> a, a year ago, yeah, or a year well, ago, yeah, uh, eighteen months ago, when yeah. when the buyer had at least some control. It was, I mean, I, we had taken some classes, and they said, hey, you're going to get an offer accepted, and then you're going to go shopping for a mortgage, and you're going to like shop around. We did that some of that shopping around early on, but I think like in this market, it was really, really beneficial and important to have had a relationship with the lender all along to really gauge what is the perfect offer we can create, knowing that they were local, they knew the market best, 
um, I couldn't have been happier with that experience. And, and even, and obviously post offer now, when, when we're actually getting into the thick of it, it's even better. It's uh, they're very, um, careful about how they do things. They always, if they're, if they're estimating something, they try to overestimate a little bit so that you're not going to have a surprise mm-hmm. and, um, they just do a fantastic job. Well, I think some of that stuff legally they have to, well, they don't legally have to do it that way, but if they underestimate, they have to eat the additional cost. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, but they're doing it right. Yes, to your they point. Are. Yeah. And how, what I loved about when you sent us the, uh, the big news that you got that offer accepted, you sent the little, the, the link mm-hmm. to the listing Yep. and I clicked on it and I'm like, man, that house looks familiar. And it just so happens it was the neighboring house behind my old house. Yep. The backyard connection. So had I stayed there three more years, we would have shared a back fence. Yeah. That was kind of a small world situation yeah, for that's sure. That's crazy. Definitely. That's awesome. Great neighborhood though. Yeah. And oh. remember my old neighbor, my next door neighbor. If you like go shovel her driveway, she will make you so much food you don't want to even know what to do with it. Which D. one? If yeah, you're looking at your front old front door, left so if or you're right? looking at my front door, it's to the right. Okay, it's looking. The, the my house had the shared driveway. Yep, it's the house you share the driveway with. Nicest lady in the room, Miss D. She's the best. All right, mm. I'll have yeah. to keep that in mind. Well, so congrats on the new house. Can't Thank wait you. for you to move in. I'm looking forward yeah. to the housewarming party. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's got a cool uh, drive under garage that. We actually feel like we'll get more value out of that drive under garage. It's a single stall and just converting that into a bit of a, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, multi-purpose room, you know, to seal the driveway or sorry, seal the um, garage floor. So it's, it's not obviously wood or carpet, but it's a little cleaner and you can have yeah. a little get together. A little epoxy floor or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. Open the garage up in the summer. Yeah. We're, that's going to be huge. Yeah. Did you, did you like how I invited myself to your housewarming party? Yeah, absolutely. You'd be invited <laughs> anyway. Boss is notorious for inviting himself everywhere. Don't that's worry. That's what I do. I, I got to, I got to create the parties over at 1164 here. So, Jerry, yes, what sir. are we talking about today? Well, we brought in... We'll go, Let's dive in. One of the things that we dovetailed off uh, of 10, 11, and 12, we met the Duke Dayton here. He's uh, just, like I say, he's turned, he just turned 31 or will turn 31 tomorrow. So, we brought in more of we thought more of a, a, a crypto expert and it and not expert. to say that it's a <laughs> that it's a young man's game or a young person's game, but it, it seems like the trend, can I say the trend, is actually going that way. Cryptocurrency is the, um, how do I say this, the perceived way of the future, potentially the way of the future. We don't know yet because it's undefined, but I will tell you per, there's millions and billions and I don't know if we're into the trillion dollars yet of cryptocurrency out there right now, but there's a lot of money being moved around into the cryptocurrency and it appears that it will be the way of the future in some way, shape or form with the big, big names being Bitcoin. Um, a lot of, a, a lot of things in the market today, we're only talking about Doggy coin or dodgy doji coin, whatever. <laughs> Silent and, E, Jeremiah. Right, and there's different flavors, and and but Ethereum is the platform. They're not actually the actual bit. They're not actually the the crypto. They're just a platform. Is that accurate? Yeah, we can talk. We'll talk about that. We'll I get mean, into that. Yeah, yeah. But the whole so we're, we're really trying to increase our knowledge, and and I, I, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm an amateur when it comes to that. Uh, I would be completely blunt. I have not invested in it whatsoever. I did have a friend of mine come to me two months ago and said, hey, this Doge coin, as you would say, with silent D or E or G or whatever, <laughs> um, was at five cents. And I watched it for two weeks and, it, and I thought it was a freaking joke. And uh, and then it went up to incredible amounts of money, which we'll get into that in a little while, too. So yep. I'm just kind of laying the foundation here. So this episode, episode 13, is going to be about a learning. Matt's going to take us through what this stuff is all about, crypto and then I would probably promote that Matt gives us some of his, I mean, this strictly an opinion, right? There's yep. anecdotal yep. thoughts, but they are, they are opinions, but, but your thoughts on what, what the future holds. And if you were an investor mm-hmm. or whatever, just as a person, what, what would you say to do and, and, and how would you grow it from there? 
Yeah, so as it relates to the theme of this podcast here, the POFU, as you said, it's really a learning experience, really for me and you, because I don't know squat about it. I very not even a 30,000 foot view. I understand maybe from a 100,000 foot view. And so uh, when you don't understand something, you got to bring on somebody that has a, a level of expertise. And uh, the Duke here, clearly the smartest member of the Eclipse on Tap team. Clearly. Uh, that's obvious. <laughs> and uh, and is a student of the game and does a, has done a ton of research. And I don't know if we're ready to call you an expert. Yeah, but that's relative, what I was But relative it. to Jerry and I, you are an expert. Correct. Um, Fair enough. So what I would like to do, well, first I want to say where I, I kind of started with relative to the POFU podcast uh, me personally, I'm speaking from my chair right here. I do not recommend this as a way to build long-term wealth. Mm -hmm. Not today, mostly because I don't know enough about it. I think it's extremely volatile. It, um, it, to me, it's the equivalent of investing in single stocks. I don't think it's the way to go unless you are an absolute pro in the field, which most people aren't. Yep. That said, it is an incredibly interesting conversation, an incredibly interesting technology uh, when we talk about blockchain and all that. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to learn about it. And yeah. maybe if uh, if you can educate us enough, maybe maybe we can start to delve into it a little more. I will say I have bought some crypto, just kind of throwing money at it. I'm mm -hmm. completely re prepared for every dollar I've thrown in to go to zero, and that's okay. But I've dabbled a little Bitcoin, a little Ethereum, a little Ripple, a little Litecoin. That's it. Mm -hmm. But anyway... Do you have any more things to add there, Jerry? Yeah, so I have. I want to ask the first question. Sure. Okay. So, so for example, in relation to the POFU podcast, are there, I mean, there's no question there is money being made here, right? So, I read an article today that and lost, right? And sure, lost. sure, absolutely. Sure. There was a gentleman today. I read it was it, he was worked for Goldman Sachs, and as I recall, uh, it was out of the UK, but he made millions on Dogecoin, and he has literally he's retired. He's done. Oh yeah. So, so there. So we're not going to hear to tell you not to invest in it because or people are like, oh, whatever, dude, I, I bought it in a nickel. Now it's worth 60 cents. That's 1200 percent return. So we're not here to combat that. I want to make sure it's clear. So if you bought it at the right time, uh, there's a lot of money being made. And I'm not saying there's not more money being made. But I think that I think what people need to understand is what are they buying, actually? Mm -hmm. So maybe this this episode will um, close that gap besides just buy because everyone else is. I think that's a good way to start because and, and, and as a as a general disclaimer, there are a lot of people getting into it now. I, I've been doing research on it for, for several years. I've read a lot. I spent a lot of my free time reading about it. Have done plenty of due diligence. That's the thing that they you know, do do your own research. That's the, or do your due diligence before you invest. Always make sure that you are uh, investing what you could easily afford to lose. So I would get going on it with, you know, what you might call play money or you know, something that Casino money. Casino money, gambling, <laughs> what you'd buy on a lotto ticket, whatever, until you can get your feet wet with it. Um, because there are, just as you said, Schumann, there's plenty of uh, players in the game that have gotten very lucky and taken advantage of a bull market and re they're retired now. And uh, so they very, very rapidly reach the POFU, but that's extremely rare. It is an anomaly and uh, it shouldn't be taken for granted because just as fast as you could gain, you could lose. You know, they say that with the stock market, of course, but this is a little more volatile than even that. So, well, ironically, last Saturday night, I did not watch it myself. SNL Saturday Night Live had Elon Musk on and he was joking regarding uh, Dogecoin. He made fun of it. I mean, that's all it takes literally for Elon to do and he can crush something. Yep. Now, it went down from like 70 cents down to 50 cents and it was down 10% today. So, 
Uh, I mean, it trades yeah. like 24-7 too, so a, yep. a, a skit on SNL can actually affect the, uh, yeah, it, the crypto. That's that's crazy to it, me. It dropped 30% like literally in the wee hours of the night, and, and that's what that's what's scary. And we can get into like when maybe we'll introduce the, the general idea of it and then get into more of the opinion yeah, stuff let's, later. Let's get into the convo here. The, yep. So And I we, we texted about this, and I think it's probably a good place to start. Yep. Tell me if we're wrong. Nope. But it's all starts with blockchain mm -hmm. correct yeah so can you in the most simplest terms for the average joe can mm -hmm. you explain what blockchain is and how it works maybe so cryptocurrency has just a place to start just by the name alone an amalgam of currency and crypt cryptography um and the cryptography world is obviously well researched well before cryptocurrency even was a thing the idea of a secure network or a secure system doesn't have to be a network in cryptography at all but that has permutations that literally encrypt it and allow it to be a very secure way to transact. And so that you involve cryptocurrency now. The idea of cryptocurrency was talked about in the early 90s even, um, but it wasn't fully, truly hashed out until obviously the late 2000s, um, 2009 is when Bitcoin was first produced. And, uh, and cryptocurrency is just taking what we know as currency or value and adapting it to that cryptography landscape. So you're, you're transacting value. I don't want to call it money really, because in some cases it really is just value. Um, you're transacting that in a system that is um, worldwide. It's permissionless. So you're not, it's not like you're running into a, a bank where they're saying, oh, well, you're only allowed to pull this many out per month or whatever. It doesn't matter. It is global, obviously, and it's decentralized segueing off of the fact that it's global. So there's no central bank, there's no central government that controls it whatsoever. Huge advantages to that, of course, but some disadvantages in the fact that it can be very volatile. You know, anything can can cause it to ebb and flow, whereas in a more traditional sense, currency is being held in clearing houses and in governments and and so there's a level of stability there that we're used to, we're traditionally used to. So then yeah, blockchain is the underlying um, kind of, as you'd say, the meat and the potatoes of the uh, <laughs> cryptocurrency world. So the way that blockchain works is you're taking a transaction or a image. We talked about NFTs for a second in mm -hmm. episode 10, 11, 12. Yep. That's maybe someone's art, a, a PNG file, a JPEG. It doesn't have to. It's anything, any sort of file or transaction or whatever. And you put it onto what's called a blockchain. And let's just use Bitcoin as an example. Bitcoin is the, the most popular crypto, has the biggest market capitalization, and, and is, is very popular for good reason. It takes that transaction and does what's called, they have it's called SHA, so Secure Hash Algorithm. So it puts it through an algorithm. You could have something as simple as a word, like whiskey, let's call. So you take the word whiskey and you put it into an SHA, Secure Hash Algorithm, and it creates a hash, which is this hexadecimal, nonsensical-looking 256 bit in the case of bitcoin string of letters and numbers right and that's um, like an identifier to the transaction to the transaction okay. yes so so then in in someone might say okay well, so if you put the word whiskey in and again if you put the word whiskey in again it's not random it's not a random hexadecimal if you put the word whiskey in twice it'd give you the same hexadecimal just like if you put the same jpeg image in right it, it would it's still going to be identified by that on the blockchain but if you put it back through the other way, if you're just given a chain, because those are public, anything on the blockchain is, I could just go look at what a transaction key is right now. You can't really go backwards. The only way to go backwards to identify who, maybe who that was or how much, well, you can see how much it was for, but the security threat 
you know, people are like, oh, well, can you just put it back through the algorithm? Well, it's a guessing game, right? So it'd be, I think I was just reading, one times two to the 256th power, because it's a hexadecimal 256-bit number, letter and number. There's no way. It's impossible. It's numerically borderline impossible to uh, crack into that. And so... So let's... Can we try? I want to try to break this down as simply as possible because mm -hmm. I want to better understand. Sure. So let's, I mean, forget like, not like, you know, the word whiskey or an NFT, right? Let's just talk about a monetary transaction or yep. transacting mm -hmm. cryptocurrency. Okay. So if I have a Bitcoin and I want to give it to you, yep. then that transaction is then, I don't know if encoded is the right word, hashed, but it's, yeah. it's hashed. Yep. And then it's put in the blockchain. Correct. Which the blockchain essentially is just, it's just layers upon layers and strings upon strings or a chain, yeah, if you will, a linear of different chain, yeah. transactions. Yeah, right? so so we can even take it down to what a block is. So a block okay. is, uh, you think about the blockchain as like a digital ledger, a decentralized ledger of transactions. That, I've heard ledger a lot. Yeah, okay. so, so that's what it's doing. It's taking transaction, a, a ledger of transactions. Maybe let's just call it for simplicity's sake. It's going to take five Bitcoin transactions. Because if I say you're like in your example, if you're going to give me a Bitcoin, you're going to go on. We can talk about an exchange or, or a way to, to get it to me. But you're going to go on an app that does that. You're going to use my my key. Type that in. You're gonna, it's going to have um, the amount of Bitcoins and just like an identifier. So you take almost kind of consider that transaction like a file. Right. Yep. That file is then hashed into this hexadecimal code machine code and put into a block and let's just say a block holds five transactions the reason it's a chain is because then the next block refers back to the, the to the first for permutation and redundancy allowing a more secure system and then you get this chain of blocks in a linear fashion truly linear okay. and so so um and then we can talk about like how new blocks are created and and that's the mining side of it we can get to that later but to your point the transaction is very secure in that way, right? <laughs> Jerry's head just exploded. Think we're about it like ten minutes on, in, and he's and his head exploded. Think about it like a a track meet with a four by one hundred relay. Okay. I'm starting off. The gun goes off. That's the the gun going off is the trigger. That's the action point. Me saying, "Hey, I'm going to give Ben one Bitcoin." That's the gun going off. The baton is the block, right? And so that transaction is written into me as the runner, and then I'm going to pat that. You know, think about like me as the runner and the baton is the block. Okay. And then I link it to the next runner, right? The only downside of this example is then, of course, the you think I'm passing a baton off to the next guy, and then everything about me and how I how I interact with that race is no longer. It's completely passed on. In a true blockchain, there's actual reference back to the original block. Okay. So it almost like crack off a piece of the baton and give it to the next guy. The next guy runs to the third guy, cracks off a piece. That's a blockchain. Okay. okay. But so this is so and I'm going to go off tangent just for a second because I don't really this is why I'm trying to understand the the, the true secure nature of it. Right. Because I've heard of companies, for example, that got hacked by a hacker for. OK. Mm -hmm. And they broke into their ERP systems and yada, yada, yada. But in the, the day is they they said, I will give you your your ERP systems back for like, say, five hundred thousand dollars in Bitcoin. And it's my understanding these Bitcoin are that secure where you can't trace it either. But you just talk about this blockchain. How do they not trace who has it or what? Or or that that's what so they, they the can, secure nature of it. Everyone has so let every coin. Let's just use Bitcoin as an example. Ethereum, the big ones. Litecoin. Litecoin is actually based on Bitcoin, but 
they they operate off of a, a specific blockchain. So there's a Bitcoin blockchain. There's an Ethereum blockchain. Oh, there, I didn't know that. Yep. I thought it was just all one big blockchain. Yeah. And, so there's and, different ones. Yeah. And, th- and when we oh. stem into some of the opinionated stuff where maybe I can oh, that make helps. some recommendations for beginners, okay. you, the, these coins, they call them meme, meme coins like Doge. Doge is an anomaly. It was a joke that turned into something real. But <laughs> as a result, there's been a cascading effect of all these new coins or, or we can get into the difference between a coin or you might have heard about a crypto token. And they really don't have any true backing to them. They're piggybacking off of somebody else's blockchain. They probably don't actually have any real idea what they're doing other than being able to code the coin. And as a result, there are different blockchains. And if you do your due diligence, you want to be investing in one where they have very clear indications of all the technology that's going into their blockchain, why it's better than Bitcoins, why it's faster, why it's more efficient. Because that's the thing is everyone talks about how transacting Bitcoin is very inefficient. It's actually bad for the environment, right? And, and we can talk about why, but... Okay, well, I sorry, I keep asking to back up a little bit. Absolutely. Because things keep popping into my head. So no, I, I do it too, because I'll get down the rabbit hole. I know that the, the blockchain has a lot more applications beyond just cryptocurrency. Yes. Because uh, I've heard you know, the term social contracts on Ethereum, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So it's, no, it's more than just crypt, uh, currency. For the sake of right now, to try to keep it simple, let's just talk about crypto. Yep. Is it safe to say that every altcoin or every cryptocurrency by itself runs on its own blockchain is that how it's designed or do some of them run on the same one so yeah it's a it it might not be an important question no it is it is absolutely so so you'll hear terms if you get into cryptocurrency there's terms all over the place they need there's like glossaries of Mm -hmm. terms and they all relate back to mostly cryptography dynamics so like i said earlier crypto by nature has nothing to it doesn't even have to do anything with technology really you can do cryptography back in days before computers. It's just the idea of having this permutated system that's going to offer an, a level of security for transacting. So a lot of times you'll see a term called fork, hard fork or a soft fork. Hard fork would be like somebody's um, working as a developer, maybe at Bitcoin early on in the days of Bitcoin, 2010s call it. And they say, I like this, but I have some ideas about how we could apply this blockchain differently maybe make it more efficient because there's what's called a protocol. And that's the way that this algorithm, the the protocol is the rules in which the blockchain operates on the network. Okay. So you could say, I'm a developer of Bitcoin. I know everything about this blockchain, but I want to go open my own company and I'm going to hard fork off of Bitcoin's blockchain. So Litecoin is a great example of that. Litecoin operates on Bitcoin's blockchain, but it has a different protocol. It uses different mechanisms to transact. Dogecoin also operates Dogecoin is actually a fork off of Litecoin. So you're talking of a fork of a fork. And a soft fork is just more of an update. Think about that as like a firmware update for your computer. Okay. Bitcoin's blockchain is aging. So they might have soft forks. Ethereum is about to undergo one. Uh, They call it Ethereum 2.0, right? They're going to soft fork and update it. It's going to run on the same blockchain. It's it's the same foundation or the same organization that's, that's running the project. But they're just adjusting. So, so does, we. So, just just a quick question: Is it is it kind of dovetail? But is it true that like Bitcoin, they have like supercomputers running? It takes more power to to run this thing than Manhattan or something or other. Yeah. So, so and 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 this is actually this would be getting back kind of down to the basics of it. So, it might be a good place to segue in, in terms of blockchain. I'm not ready for segue yet. I have another question. Okay, it, go ahead. Because so that go, one going, else might spiral into something. Going else. back to the idea of blockchain as a as a ledger. Yep. Okay. So, I have some Bitcoin. 
I give it to you as opposed to my bank keeping its own ledger and your bank keeping its own ledger and that way it balances itself. Mm -hmm. The blockchain is the ledger. It's the one universal ledger, okay? And so the the block, if you will, is the transaction of me giving you X amount of Bitcoin. Fair statement? Yeah, at its simplest. For, uh, the block carries many transactions inside Correct. of it. But yep. yes, at its simplest point, yeah. So where I'm going, my question is, is it records the transaction, okay? And so we have proof that a transaction took place and, and a transaction was completed. Yep. But what is all the talk about it being unhackable might not be the right word, but it's supposed to be ultra secure yeah. and it can't be traced. If there's this ledger that has proof of this transaction, is it just the people that were part of the transaction that have access to it? Or is it anybody you yeah. talked to? You said before about don't want to misquote you, but you said something about like getting on the blockchain or seeing the blockchain or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You see where I'm going here? Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm, and I'm I curious think to know. You kind of started, uh, Jeremy, about talking about like the security issues. Mm -hmm. So yeah. think about it this way. Um, the, every blockchain, the, most of them online are, are called scans. Like there's an Ethereum scan. There's a Binance, there's a blockchain called Binance uh, Smart Chain. There's, and you can see, you can go on, anybody can go on there right now. Binance, the trading platform? Yeah, they have their own smart chain. Yeah, oh, they, they call okay. it the, the BSC, the Binance Smart Chain. We can talk about that. That's actually their coin is one that i am big on the getting back to the transactional side of it so i can go on at any point on a, a bitcoin scan a bitcoin blockchain scan and i can see my like let's say i transacted to you mm -hmm. i have a private key it's a 256 hexadecimal hash mm -hmm. and in you as well and i can see that and, and so you can log on right now and see you know matt da it wouldn't say my name it would have my hexadecimal key that's the secure key and it would show that I transacted you one and it would show your end user key. Okay. So it's there. It, it, and so in terms of traceable, like, yeah, it's, you can see what happened, but there's no way borderline numerically impossible to figure out the start and the end. You can see okay. the transaction on the scan. But if I were to say, wow, that was a, uh, you know, maybe you were working for, cause the downside with it being decentralized is that, in you know trafficking market markets or something like that. as you mentioned some company gets hacked and the hacker says if you want out of this they kind of hold hold the company's finances as a hostage say you need to transact us in bitcoin or freaking dogecoin who knows it doesn't matter as long as it's on a secure blockchain there's no way to see while well, they transacted 500 grand in bitcoin and we can see that transaction like you can see it. you can go on there and say point a to point b 500 grand worth but you'd have no way of knowing who that transactor, who the acceptor of that transaction was. That's what I was questioning. Okay. There's literally no way. There's un, un, like, like I said, one times two, in the case of Bitcoin with 256 bit hexadecimal, there's one times two to the 256 power chances of you guessing the code exactly right. It's impossible. So in theory, though, there is a person on the other end with that received that yep. with this really stupid secure code of 256. And that's a lot of numbers, by the way, in hexadecimal, as you yep. say. So yes, there's a, there's a, there's person A and person B, but you'll never figure out who A or B was. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. My, that was a, a be better way to make it simple. I was a little long winded in my, in my description, but, and we can get into the way, cause there have been crypto blockchains that have been hacked and we can talk about how they got hacked. And it's actually a very simple reason, but I don't want to stem off that until we're ready to move forward. Yeah, I, my 
brain is spinning, man. It's just so <laughs> many questions. So I, you know, this might be getting too deep into the weeds, but one thing that I am ultra curious about is this idea that I've heard about that, and this might be relative to you because you're about to do it, Duke, for the first time, and Jerry and I have done it many times, is buying and selling real estate. Mm-hmm. This idea that the blockchain can serve as that ledger where the title companies essentially would be eliminated. Yeah, it would So be, again, yeah. you have proof of transaction, so you have proof of a buyer, proof of seller, but this whole idea of like clearing title, like the next person to buy the house has to be able to see the previous transactions yep. to know it's clear title. So I'm just, again, it might be too far into the weeds. I don't know. We might want to still keep it simple, but I'm just curious as to how that would work and kind in of, the future. Kind of, st- And when we get into the more opinionated stuff, if I, you know, if we're talking like what coins are interesting to me, for example, Again, no advice there, just like what I think is interesting. What's cool is you can take blockchain technology, whether it's a Bitcoin blockchain, Ethereum, there's the you know Binance Smart Chain. There's a lot of projects built off of those core chains that are very specialized. There, I, I almost guarantee you there's one that's already built for real estate transactions. Yeah, you're probably right. Based I'm on, sure there's one out there that's probably being tested It's right probably, now. I'm just guessing, just making something up there, because it'd be completely realistic for this to occur. Somebody is maybe utilizing the Ethereum blockchain and they've built a decentralized way because there's what they call dApps, decentralized apps. So you can have a transacting coin operating as kind of a way to continue keeping that ledger. So you can have real estate transactions occur where the actual value is based on your, let's just call it, just call it real estate coin. Just make something up. Fair enough. So you could say that that real estate coin has a, monetary value that is acceptable and what is what we consider traditional financing and if you see the term fiat currency f-i-a-t that's just referencing like liquid like uh, government funds right centralized government funds that can be produced at will the transaction could occur with real estate coin so i could say i just bought this new house one real estate coin is worth 50 grand so i'm going to give you four real estate coins that's the transaction uh, and that could still operate through a lender. And then the the actual ledger, like you said, the title company, the only reason that they exist today is to be a professional middleman there to ensure the title is being cleared. Mm-hmm. The, the blockchain ledger would do that. And it would actually do, no offense to anyone that's in title work, it would do a automated and very specific job at it. It would It would be incredibly secure. It would be on the transaction ledger forever. There's no chance of any sort of hacking into it or yeah it would do wonders for the industry i think title insurance would go down significantly I oh think yeah the risk would be way lower because if it's if the title's being cleared through smart contracts it's going to be way more reliable i guess um, i'm slightly confused though I, I heard what you said so four coins whatever so does that mean that in the future like these real estate coins they have to be a fixed number they can't they can't go up and down because i'm trying to buy a house today and today it was at 50 tomorrow's well, at 55 i think the, i think and this is a question I want to ask because changing of currency and use of currency, yes, you're correct. The value of these currencies go up and down and they're so volatile on a daily basis. That's right. one of the questions I want to get into later is mm. is all, maybe I'll just ask it later, but I'm wondering, there's a hundred different, you know, different cryptocurrencies out there. Are they all vying to become the currency or will they all have their own specific like niche use almost. case? Yeah, yeah. But let's, let's, let's back it up again. I want, so we kind of defined the blockchain Mm -hmm. as the digital ledger, right? So it's basically the recording mechanism, if you will, for all sorts of transactions, money, 
could be houses, could be insurance. There's all sorts of yep. applications. Supply there. chain. There's actually there's a crypto out there right now that is completely built for supply chain. Yep. It, heard any, about that. Any transaction. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. But let's so, go. Let's go back one more step. So I heard what you're saying. So here's the question. For example, Bitcoin. Okay. Because we've been talking about them a lot. Mm-hmm. And they're they're the kind of they're the generally accepted currency. We don't even know who owns Bitcoin, who wrote the ledger. What if they Correct. just said someone same came out of nowhere and said, "We just pulled the plug on your supercomputer." I mean, does it just go away? Well, no. So, so, so it's one, not. I mean, like one more question. Yeah. Sorry, it's like it's not like it's government regulated, like something to where it has like Fort Knox or you know what I'm saying, like it's the not gold the US standard. Dollar yeah, the by U.S. Gold. dollar backed by gold, so it's got some standard. That's what I feel like. This stuff goes off the rails for me because it's kind of like don't take this the wrong way. It's it's. It's worthless. You can't touch it. It has no value. There's no something. It's not like a feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that. A dollar's got a feel. It's got something. I, I want squa- to squash that, though, because if you take a $100 bill, that's what? On paper? That's probably a penny's worth of paper. Right. right? So you kind of got to change your mindset. Right. I get the mindset. Of that and that I $100 get, bill, that's not, it's a. It's on a penny's worth of paper. Just right? think, so, yeah, think about the hash. The, the t- in the case of Bitcoin, it operates, I think they call it SHA. Dash two fifty six, that algorithm. Once you start that blockchain, if someone, I, there is no way to pull the plug on that blockchain. I mean, it, unless I, I, because it operates on. We haven't talked about nodes or the miners, the ones that actually produce blocks. We can get into that later. <laughs> every <laughs> right. every other thing out of your mouth is just making me more it's, confused, dude. It's, right. I'm Damn trying it. to keep it like I'm. I'm <laughs> I have a lot of uh, directions we could go, but I don't want. So I'm kind of skirting around. But there's only but, 21 million block, uh, 20 million Bitcoin, and then correct. it's done. Correct. As then, far as production. Correct. Yeah. So I, I don't think obviously whoever wrote that never thought it'd be, get to the 21 million mm-hmm. because they would have made it go. They would have had to go to 100 million or whatever the number was because yeah. no, that was very strategic. Well, potentially yeah, intentional. I understand, but why 21 million? So so I mean we can when we get into the opinionated section we, we maybe post break. I'm just saying there's a lot of questions. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it, one of the reasons that drives value is of course scarcity, and so in the case of Bitcoin, there's 18 plus million already in existence. There's right. miners every day, so sooner than later we will hit the 21 million cap, and Bitcoin naturally will increase in value. That's why there's projections of it going to 150,000, 200,000 a coin because of the inherent scarcity. There's some big disadvantages with Bitcoin, and we can talk about that later too, as far as has it even though it's not that old in terms of the scheme of time in the scheme of crypto, it is aging. It's an aging blockchain. It's very inefficient in terms of blockchain technology. So to get back to your point though, you're saying, yeah, the, the, the value, you know, I'm holding a dollar. It's backed by gold. I can touch gold. I can touch by the way the blockchain works. That 256 hexadecimal key is far more secure and far more valuable or not valuable, but far more, uh, you know, if you're thinking of something I, I want to hold on to, that key is everything. Okay. Um, and so I, think, I think we got to change the mindset to even thinking that gold has a value. I mean, how is the value of gold determined, right? Perceived value. Perceived value all the way around. So. Everything has perceived value except for brick and mortar. But I want to contest that the house you just bought has perceived value what you paid for it. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. And, and with even with gold, though, I mean, you, you can go up to a, to a forgery, shout out. And uh, and you can melt the gold down to nothing, right? You could you could eliminate that gold from existence, and yes, you would you would be making a f- uh, a fool's move, of course, by eliminating value of something that has market value. But that that's what I'm getting at is that hexadecimal key. Well, it doesn't go away. It's on the blockchain. It is there. There's permutations of it in the blockchain, 
that allow it to it's not hacked we like i said we, if we want to talk about hacking there is there have been blockchains that have been hacked for a specific reason and it actually is very simple if you think about the the the, the mechanism how they were hacked if we get to that well we haven't talked about nodes and mining and all that that's kind of the next segue maybe but to your point though it's weird to think about it's weird to say how because you know if you talk to anybody who's in maybe a more traditional sense they're like wow you're investing in nothing you're investing in thin air. You're not though. You're investing in that hexadecimal key. That is your key. Okay. And anything right. that's transacted into your key, we can talk about. We haven't talked about <laughs> wallets, soft wallets, hard well, wallets. Let's let's do this. So we maybe we haven't done it well, but we sort of defined blockchain. Okay. I think we, yeah. Let, no, let's let's spend the next it. couple yeah. of minutes just talking about just Bitcoin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it simple. Yep. Let's talk about Bitcoin before we take a break. Okay, so you mentioned before Bitcoin was in, invented in 09 and it has been mined ever since and 18 of the 21 million have been mined. Yep. Tell us everything you know about Bitcoin. Yep, so Bitcoin was the original cryptocurrency and like I said there were um ideas of cryptocurrency far before that, but it was the first one that actually hit the w- ledger. Was uh w- was the blockchains did it come along at the same time? W- were they simultaneous? Was it the same idea? Yep. How are those related? Yeah, so if you think about, um, if you look at the, the legitimate coins that you could inv- or, or tokens that you could invest in and you do the research, you'll find that there are very smart people behind them. PhDs in computer science, people that not, I mean, computer science is a weird, a weird thing. Computer engineering is one thing. You can code and you can engineer that code, but computer science has a very theoretical side to it that just is mind-blowing to me like i more than my mind is being blown during this conversation yeah, because you we, we can understand the blockchain <laughs> but writing that blockchain and understanding the theory behind that blockchain so the idea of a blockchain first originated i want to say don't take my word for it but it, it, it was a plus call it plus or minus a year 1991 oh. computer scientists understanding that could this be a thing Maybe not even considering currency, maybe considering transaction. We talk about, you know, um, blockchains right now that are partnering with you know, third world countries to operate all their voting, to, to operate any transaction that they do, whether civil transactions or consumer transactions. So can we just call it like secure transactions? Yeah, it's, it is a decentralized, very secure transactional network is okay. what it is. So, right. so the idea of that has been around and then... As you said, you don't. No one really knows who created Bitcoin. That it's Satoshi Nakamoto is the name of the entity behind the creation. Whether that's one person, is it a group? No one really knows, because and, again, and nobody the, has come forth to claim yet. Nope. Correct. So there is a guy. His name is Dorian Nakamoto. He is a computer engineer by tr- computer scientist by trade, and so a lot of people have pointed at him and said, "Like you're the guy." And he's come out very aggressively and denied it. And it's there, actually had some. But there's theories out there if they come out and they say who actually ha- developed this, who owns it, or type deal, that'll crush the currency. Like they do not want to come out and say who it is. It could, and and the reason being is that it would uh, open the can of worms potentially on the intentions for the project initially um you know what it was truly intended to be or do because i think i would probably guess that the person that developed it did not foresee it doing what it did to this extent to the point now where you can buy a tesla with bitcoin you know like where it's transacting in the real world um you would think that whoever wrote the code could also break into the code and figure out who's who and what all the down the blockchains and so based on how the blockchain works they can't 
So that the SHA, the, the secure hash algorithm, mm-hmm. that is, I don't want to call it artificially intelligent, but there, there's, there's very advanced mathematical algorithms built into that, that even the creator of it would not be capable of producing. So even if you look at the very first transaction, A to B, whoever A was, was the creator. But right. it's a 256 hexadecimal machine code. Like, y- right. there's no way to track that back to even a country of origin, uh, a name. There, there's nothing. So, Satoshi Nakamoto is just what they call it. And actually, the most granular version of a Bitcoin is called a Satoshi. Like that, like the the, the what we would call like a cent, maybe you know, fraction, to a dollar, fractions a fraction. of a Bitcoin. Yep. Yeah. So, um, it's kind of taken this mysterious vibe. But to your point, Ethereum, for example, we have a very clear indication of who the creator of that was and that is doing very well so it, it a lot of it is based on the project and the science and the computer engineering behind the project and that's why when we talk about opinions later what you're seeing a lot lately cascading off of the success of dogecoin is these coins clearly someone smart behind the project but is there really a use case for it is it going to last or is it a true pump and dump and in most cases they are uh, with the with the severe cases that are pegging off of Dogecoin's success. So my, yeah, my, my mind is spinning. So my, we could talk about the creator a lot, a little bit. So is that person, him, her, or them? You think they've got like 10,000 Bitcoin in their back pocket? And then oh, how, yeah. how do they monetize that? I mean, I guess the question is then, okay, say I'm the creator and I, had, I made a bunch of it and I get some for free because I developed it, right? But I have to sell it somehow, so I have to monetize it. Mm-hmm. So, so... Yeah, that's a great question. How do you convert it without without an exchange like a Coinbase or a Binance or a KuCoin or one of these places where you can take your currency of your country, mm-hmm. in our case, U.S. dollars, and go and buy crypto? Yep. If you're somebody that securely you don't want people to know you have Bitcoin, how can you get money for it? Um, I, 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 I don't know exactly, but I'm fairly certain you have to operate on an exchange. So... The original transaction. How, how did the very first people that, yeah. that weren't the creators, how did they buy it? Because Coinbase didn't come out the day after. Exactly. You know? yeah. right. I, and I would assume that they were operating solely on the actual blockchain. So the blockchain itself, the Bitcoin blockchain itself, was acting as the, uh, as the exchange. So there was some legitimate coding behind that. Okay. Super stupid question here. How can you, you've mentioned a couple of times, like how you can go and you can see transactions on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. How did you go? Is it blockchain.com? I don't like, know. What, like, like, like there's, so for, if I'm a little more familiar with the Ethereum one, it's called Etherscan. Okay. And it has, it just constantly like flickering. Just boom, boom, boom. There's all the transactions one after the other. You can see them all. So someone's got to be the owner of, well, not really. But. Well, so, so the owner of Etherscan, for example, they actually own, there's one called BSC scan, the Binance smart chain scan that it's analyzing yep. that there and even there's a website called corn coin market cap that's kind of like the that's what i use to just monitor analytics of the of the prices and stuff they're all just using the blockchain itself and and obviously there's some significant coding there and that's where these exchange company exchange companies make their money binance kucoin coinbase etc is that they are doing that hard work for you i would assume that the first transaction from a to b in bitcoin you would have had to have known what you were doing. Like they, there was some significant coding to actually utilize the exact blockchain. Cause it, it, it like when, if you trade on, you know, if you go sell, I transact you one coin on Coinbase, mm-hmm. Coinbase is operating the blockchain. Like, so they're right and there. I don't know how to do that. Cause I can't code, 
but they're operating the blockchain. They're they are um, and you pay for it. Every transaction on Coinbase is two ninety nine. That's more than that. It's like seven percent, dude. It depends or on maybe five percent. It depends on what t- if you're a, they call it a maker or a taker. Yeah. So if you're making money, they're going to charge you more. Just how they, how they do it. But if you were to hop on Coinbase right now as a beginner and you're like, oh, I'm going to throw twenty bucks into Bitcoin, you're going to pay two ninety nine transaction. Yeah, I think once it gets over a hundred bucks, because I've done nothing. I've never sold any, but I've bought. Mm-hmm. And it's like every time you buy, it's a minimum of two ninety nine mm-hmm. or it's five percent, I think. And we haven't talked about two. And this would when we talk more about like, okay, so if I'm in an exchange and I'm trusting this company, Coinbase, Binance, KuCoin, Kraken, whatever one you want to use, I'm trusting this company to transact this on the blockchain for mm-hmm. me. When a lot of people don't understand, if it's sitting in the exchange, if I if you were to transact me one Bitcoin on Coinbase. And I have it, okay, it's in Coinbase and I see it and I can track it. They do a really nice job with that. I can see where it's going up and everything. You feel like you own it. You don't. Coinbase has that operating in the exchange. You have to pull it out of the exchange into a wallet. The the only time it's actually yours is when you have that, if you're talking Bitcoin, that 256 digit hexadecimal code, then it's yours. And that's a process that a lot of people don't know. But you have to buy the full coin. That's why you can buy fractions, it sounds like. No, so you can transact fractions of let's say bitcoin into what's called a wallet and we might i don't know if that's something we want to step into as in the next step but yeah that now i'm just like okay that 256 base thing you talk about hoss is a fractional owner of a bitcoin does that mean he's got a 256 code is for, his for that fraction yes and and, and so and I, when it, you pull it when you pull it out and put it in a hardware wallet correct yeah well it doesn't have to be a hardware wallet but it's a, just a wallet of some kind that as, it actually assigns you the key so it's pulling it out of the exchange it's pulling it out of the block uh, the blockchain is no longer it, it's like it's almost like putting it dormant for a second and a lot of people are like okay well if i pull let's just say to make it easy let's say you had one bitcoin it's pretty exciting you want to secure that you don't trust Coinbase. You don't trust Binance because the that's the issue is the exchanges can get hacked. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, they, they've done a lot. Coinbase, there's a lot of really reputable ones. Coinbase, Binance, KuCoin, Crypto.com. They're all great. The likelihood of that happening is very low. When you're a beginner, you can get by just fine with transacting on the exchange, not pulling it into your own wallet, your own key. And, and it's fine. But if you're talking, you have tens of thousands or maybe even millions of dollars worth of value of coin, you do not, you, you want to get that out of the exchange and into a wallet so that you have that, that no one can touch it. Like it can't be hacked. And that, that's what a lot of people don't understand. I don't know how, like if you talk stocks, I don't know if you want to get into this, but like with Robinhood, for example, very accessible, easy to use. But we saw with the GME thing that when GameStop stock was propelling up as a result of the, all these short stocks failing, mm-hmm. Robinhood, they are their 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 uh their financers the the people that are backing their business are hedge funds mm-hmm. so the hedge funds are like whoa whoa time out and so if you wanted to go transact on Robinhood during that time you couldn't they closed that stock down mm-hmm. yeah right. so and that is they exactly what i'm saying so let's just say bitcoin goes to 250,000 call it a million dollars a coin and you're like holy sh- i want to like s- i want to get this so granted you would have to if you had it in a wallet secure you would have to put it back in an exchange to be able to transact it and get your cash back. But if it was in a wallet, you're like, this thing is more valuable than anything on earth, maybe, what I just call it. I, w- I want to know that it's in my hands, not Binance's hands, not Coinbase's hands. So we, as very, very amateurs in the computer world, have to have an exchange to transact. 
Yes. Can the super techie computer programmers and coders and these guys that understand this technology and can get within the system and that we were talking about the Mm -hmm. original people that were transacting before there was an exchange. Yeah. These types of people. They can transact without an exchange, correct? I don't. I don't know the answer that, to that, and I would say at this at this stage of the um, the maturity, you want to call it the maturity of crypto. You know, it's not that old, but it's old enough to be to yeah. the point where there's over a thousand crypto coins. There's many, many exchanges. I would say now, I don't think so. I, where, I, where my brain was going with that is, I don't, I don't understand why you wouldn't be able to transact. Because if you could before, why would that all of a sudden go away if there's exchanges? And so my where my brain was going is, is okay, let's say you're one of these people that, you know, drops a thousand bucks on some some token that goes mm-hmm. to a million dollars. Yeah. It'd make a lot of sense to maybe go find one of these guys and transact it that way and yeah. have them help you and pay them a commission or something like that, as opposed to taking the risk of putting it on an exchange which could be hacked mm-hmm. or like you said, the where the exchange could just say, Oh, you know what, it's too valuable, we're just gonna stop this for now. Yep. That's where my brain was going. Yeah, you know, it's a very good point. I don't know the exact answer and I don't want to give a wrong answer, but I would say if someone is smart enough to know how to do that, they probably already operate in exchange. All the answers we've given on the POFU podcast have been 100% correct. So don't you dare (laughs) say anything wrong on this podcast. But you know what I'm saying though? Like if, if if you were someone who had the knowledge, PhD level computer science knowledge to understand the blockchain that well, where you can, you can operate it because it is open source code. The mm-hmm. blockchain is open source. You can yep. literally go to, I, I think it's Bitcoin.org and you can see the source code. If you were smart enough to understand how to ex- operate in that, I would think that you're probably someone who already either is operating maybe their own coin on the blockchain or you are operating an exchange, right? You're, you're, you're saying like, oh, me and my college buddy are computer science. I think Coinbase is operated by just two dudes that built it in their dorm room. You know, like they... And, and Coinbase is doing extremely well. It actually just had an IPO on the stock market, which is weird. You, you talk crypto and stock similarities in some ways, but very different. Um, Coinbase, that, that, that's kind of the, that where I'm going with it. Those two guys clearly had the knowledge to be able to right. operate on the blockchain, but they're like, well, may, could we monetize this? Could we make a business out of this and right. get casual users to be able to exchange Didn't based the- on what we write? Didn't the Wigglevoss twins create yep. an exchange? It's the called two, Gemini. Yep. The two guys that Zuckerberg fought with over Facebook? Yep, absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's Gemini. Gemini. You know, it's, those two uh, guys were crew guys. They were. Harvard yeah. crew, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, good rowers. Very good rowers. Couldn't get into Yale. That's why they went yeah. to Harvard. <laughs> Losers. And Yale has had the upper hand for a while over that way um, in the crew world. So, But yeah, no, the, the Wigglevoss twins, did. Uh, they did build an exchange. Um, it, it is, a, I would say, a very reputable exchange. Probably not one of the top five is just far as... Uh, you know, optics. I got, I, got to, s- I got to take a quick 30 second timeout. The reason I brought that up is because uh, our listeners, they may or may not know that the Duke was a stud rower at the University <laughs> of Michigan. And he's got a tattoo and, to prove it. And I do un- have a tattoo. And it's it. unfortunate that he's a Wolverine and not a Spartan. <laughs> however, however, uh, yeah, he, he that could. was the that was the reference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Du- the Duke was a crew guy. I was. I was indeed. Yeah. Go blue. Kick some ass. So uh, I hate to make to to challenge the the team here, and it's not me as much because I don't know what the, I'm talking about. But we've gone knee deep in the weeds, and I'm going to sure. challenge us as a, as the conversation goes. Is because we're getting so deep in the weeds. I think our our listeners, including the guy sitting at the table, is is thoroughly confused. I I heard what you said. That would be Jeremiah. His eyes are crossed over there. That's right. I heard what you said, and and I get all the weeds of it to a certain extent, right? Do you have to understand the nuts and bolts of it to understand and how it works as to invest? No. Okay. Let, so, so 
hold on. Let me dovetail. So my challenge here is, and I would, I would ask, and I, by the way, your nuts and bolts are way above my head, and, and I think it needs to be because that's what you're saying it's 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 cryptid, it's secure, it's the way of the future potentially. But mm-hmm. I guess what twenty other thoughts goes into Hoss's head, and they come out of, and I'm, I'm thinking them too is like, okay, when does the government step in and regulate this? Yeah. When does when does this Bitcoin? I hear guy guys like, for example, uh, some story. This guy bought pizza with bitcoin like 10 years ago now mm-hmm. it would have been worth 200 million the guy's an idiot yeah and then i hear these guys these nfl football players are getting paid in bitcoin now mm-hmm. they're writing their contracts i want to be paid in bitcoin you know but i guess the other then all those other questions pop in my mind and they go okay um do i have to pay taxes if i sell a bitcoin yeah i mean there's all kinds of these things uh, that are those are great so we, maybe i'm going too so far we, up the weeds here we but. need to take a time out Right. Yeah. Maybe, that'd be, maybe that's what I'm saying. Number one, and we need to refill drinks. That's most important. Absolutely. Uh, but number two, we need to take a pause to make a clear cut because we're going to chop that off and that is going to be episode 13 right there. And we're going to come back to episode 13. and we'll right. make episode 14. We'll get a little bit into the weeds a little bit and answer some of those questions. Yeah, because what we I think it just perfect said re- you're welcome, Hoss. To hey, wrap again, up, Jim, not, not that I'm trying to wrap up the pot. I'll let you do, wrap up the episode, but. One thing I think we've discussed, so we've talked mechanism of just blockchain in general, and how what why maybe that's exciting, even in non-currency applications, right? I if I'm not mistaken, I think Alaska now uses blockchain for their voting. I think that's the meat that we got to almost talk into why this is so important. Yeah, so we've talked mechanism though, and we right. there's more mechanism. We haven't talked about how how coins and blocks are produced yet. Really, I, we can keep it to two forms of how you do that. And there's benefits and pros and cons to both, uh, but the mechanism—that's a good place. We get, you know, the mechanisms of crypto. I think we discussed very well on this episode. Now you talk application on the next part, the second half. You talk why it's important, why it's exciting, why it carries value, and then you can maybe we can segue just briefly on more opinion stuff, like why why is Dogecoin maybe a very risky investment? Talking that kind of stuff. So, but yeah. but what I'm hearing you say though too is I'm I mean not to be a that I'm antiquated. I'm 45 years old and I look like I'm 25, but whatever. And <laughs> ha, you know, Hoss is an old man and you know, Duke is 31. I mean, we can kind of talk about that with his birthday coming up tomorrow. Happy birthday, by the way, again, I'm looking at as a, a 60 plus year old person or someone, whatever that are in there, the baby boomers, whatnot. They're not going to understand this shit. Yeah. It's a very abstract thing. It's novel. I it's, mean, it's, it's, it's a young man's game, young person's game. Excuse me. And you know, that you look depends. at, it's 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 just a novel technology, right? And it, mm-hmm. not novel in terms of its existence. Like I said, blockchain was first discussed, and and if you look at a lot of this stuff, it's discussed in like peer-reviewed journals, like computer science journals. The technology behind it, um, it's not just something somebody came up with. Sure. But with that said, so it's just an abstract way of thinking. So if you are someone that can wrap your head around things in a way that's just kind of, you know, challenging yourself to think one of the biggest steps is to understand how do I separate it from saying like, oh, I have this many Bitcoin that's worth this much in dollars. Once you can break that. Now, granted, I still think about that all the time because, of course, there is application in terms of investing about return on a return on investment for real dollars. That is a factor. But if you can understand the value in the technology behind it, the blockchain, the project, what are the protocols in w- in which these all operate on? That's when you can start. It, 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 I'm not going to lie; it, t- it takes a lot. It, it takes a, you can't talk about it all in maybe an hour podcast. 
this is a good introduction, but the biggest thing is due diligence and do your own research. You have to read about it mm-hmm. and you have to like before you even invest. One thing I'll mention before we cut here, Coinbase and Binance, I know for a fact, have, Binance has one called Binance Academy and Coinbase, Coinbase has some really good uh, videos and it does a great job. And, and the fact that Coin, Coinbase will actually pay you in some crypto to learn about it. But it's interesting though, as you go, okay, a stock in a company, say a stock, uh, a striker, it's worth, I don't know what's trading today, 250, two something, two, doesn't matter, 200 bucks, right? But that stock is, in, it's, 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 it's like, it's the value of the company. Right. Okay. So it's got, it's tangible kind of. How about we pick this up after the break? Let's getting, do it. We're 20 minutes after our normal Episode allotment. 13. Cheers. Yeah. We'll, Let's do we'll it. get into that. Cause that's one of, that's a, that's some questions. That Cheers. I ask. So. But yeah, good. Episode 13. We will be back after the break for episode 14. We'll be back. Hey everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We would love it if you would subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at POFU podcast. And as always, we would love for you to join us in our conversation. Send us an email at POFU podcast at gmail.com.